getting into it right now, we're going to move to some of those macro trends that we are witnessing in the market, and I'll introduce Maddie to take it away. Thanks, Maddie. Thanks, Mark. Um, since about 2020, we've obviously been dominated by a good season domestically, but also with an overhanging, the overhanging drivers of a lot of global factors which have pushed prices high, so of many commodities high. So we've had a wonderful situation where we've had high volume and high prices, which has been a real bonanza for farmers. So looking forward into 2023, I think it's worth just spending a bit of time looking at what global factors do seem to be dominating the market, what what we still have question marks over and, and where we're headed for the year. So I think the first one to really talk about, and it really is dominating most talk these days, is what's going on with the global economy. Uh, what is global consumer demand going to do? Where are we headed when it comes to food prices and the like? Um, and, and how sharply is the global economy going to, uh, global economic growth going to contract um, given the high inflation atmosphere that we're currently in. So we've got the World Economic Forum is currently saying um, global economic growth should be down to about 2.9% in 2023. Um, that's down from about 3.2 the year before. Generally speaking, at the moment, we seem to see the EU performing better than we expected, um, and in fact, economies in general performing better than expected, but consumer confidence and business confidence being very, very low. Um, so that obviously has a flow-on impact um, to demand for food, demand for uh, fibres and the like. Um, so having said that, um, Global economic really is global economic growth really is the factor that's sitting behind most things at the moment, whether it's enunciated or not. Um, there's a lot of concern and a lot of tentative um, buying behaviour out there for, for for many people that are concerned that going forward, demand for commodities isn't going to be quite what it what it what it was last year. The another factor that has been um, dominating has obviously been China, um, not only China in terms of Australia's trading relationship with China, but also China and their economic growth and their response to COVID. Um, so ever, I think most people will know that we that China adopted a zero COVID approach for the past few years now, which they, they have got rid of. Um, so they're reopening their economy as such. At the moment, China is in the middle of a wave of COVID, not surprisingly, which will happen when you reopen reopen your economy and remove all those lockdown um, lockdowns that they had in place. So there's a there's a lull in the Chinese economy as a sort of sh shadow lockdown is occurring. People are staying home to avoid getting COVID or, and all the rest. But having said that, at the end of that, there is light at the tunnel, which sees the sees the China economy picking up again. We hope um, as we come out of lockdown and demand um, and demand kicks up. As an example, we've got wool wool manufacturers and wool processors starting to return to pre-pandemic days in China in terms of their buying and processing capacity. So that that is likely to have a flow-on effect and should have a flow-on effect into uh, China's China's demands for demand for goods. Um, obviously, the trading relationship between China and Australia is still an issue of much um, discussion. Um, whilst there have been some really good signs and some some um, return to normal in terms of relationships between the two governments, there's nothing set in stone yet, um, and we're not sure quite where we'll head. But certainly, um, if that in relationship improves and and China removes their ban on those Australian goods that it has banned, then that certainly should prove to be a boon for some producers going forward. Uh, commodity prices have also been a factor that have, have weighed on um, 
on uh, many producers um, going forward. So oil prices have been an issue, obviously, for quite some time now. Um, they took a dip in the late last late last year, and they're expected to remain in and around where they currently are, uh, which is historically high, but not at the highest levels it was at last year. Global soft commodities are ex also expected to come off slightly, so that's grains and other globally traded um, agricultural commodities. They're expected to come off off those highs that we saw last year, and you've seen um, the global food glo global food price index by the UN Food Food and Agriculture Organization come down. Uh, substantially since around March last year, and that's mainly driven by grains and by vegetable oils. So that's all on the way down, and they're still expected to stay high in general, but not at those uh, sort of histor historic and somewhat concerning levels that they were in, la in last year. Um, freight rates have been an issue. Um, have, have been an issue for uh, many Australian export exporters. Much of that's obviously been um, due to the Russian war in the Ukraine. Um, we're, we're expecting to see up to about a 20% drop further in 2023. As I said, as with the other, other factors, that continues to see, um, see relatively high freight rates, but not not as high as they previously were. So there's been a mitigation in all those, all those those um, global commodity um, factors, which should ease the pressure somewhat to many um, many farmers going forward. Uh, other factor is obviously the Russian war on the Ukraine. Um, now, no one can really predict how this goes forward without being a military expert, which none of us are, obviously. Um, having said that, some of the agreements, um, the trade agreements, which have um, allowed Ukraine and Russian grain to come out of Ukrainian ports is um, a temporary agreement and it's up for renewal on a regular basis. So there is always the possibility that that agreement might lapse and we might lose some of that, that grain coming out of the Ukraine and, and Ukrainian ports. So watch for that to see if if that continues uh, to be well brokered um, by the UN and we continue to allow trade out of the Ukrainian ports or if not. And if not, that will also probably affect um, fertiliser, vegetable prices and the like as, as has happened over the past few years. Now, the last key factor, and I think probably uh, Mark referred to it in his op opening, but it's something that's weighing on most people's mind, is just what wonderful seasons we've had for the past three years as we've had um, three basically successive uh, La Nina seasons and whether it's time um, that that whether that will shift into an El Nino phase or not. Now we've got no idea currently. The Bureau of Met has no idea we're in a we're in a mid phase. Um, uh, uh, um, so the, the bureau hasn't doesn't have any forecast one way or the other, but I think we've all also been watching those huge snowfalls that have happened across um, America. The the um, the idea that the American the American drought may break soon, or being some sort of sign of a change in a change in that global climate, and what will that change in global climate um, have on Australian producers and the Australian Australian rain? So looking forward, it seems to be the factors of uh, climate, China, COVID and conflict when it comes to the Russian and Ukraine, which have been dominating those global drivers and we'll keep watching them into the future. Thank you, Maddie. Well, that's a lot of um, territory covered there and any questions without answers maybe, but um, definitely what's going on in people's minds and we'll get into the deeper detail of um, Australian economics and particularly interest rates and inflation with uh, Adelaide in her presentation. And